Welcome to 30 Minutes with Mark. I'm your host, Mark Ngotunye. And in today's episode, I'm joined by the one, Mariam Simbe. Mariam is a lawyer. She has many layers to her. A very nice Taylor Swift stan. So you'll get to hear a little bit about that. Many other things. So please join us as we take you through this particular journey. But also, just to alert you, we talk about stuff that are related to mental health. So if you have any issues related to that, please do seek the proper medical attention. We are not really talking as certified professionals. We're just talking from the experiences that we have. So you came in uh-huh. and I was listening to Taylor Swift. And I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift. Yes. So that and was perfectly timed. Yes. And I'm like, do we start with Taylor Swift or we start with Your Mind Matter too? Oh, that is so hard. Why would you do that? Okay, yes, because um, I have two options. You know what? Yeah. Dealer's choice. I'm Dealer's obsessed choice. with both things. Mm-hmm. So you tell me what you want me to uh, start on. Let's start with Your Mind Matter too. Okay. Let's start with the podcast. So that is your podcast? Yes, that's my baby. It's very intense, I might say. Intense, good or intense, bad? No, intense as in there is a lot that is happening because you're talking about one of the very difficult topics one can talk about. Mm. And somehow you articulate it very, very well and nice because it feels like you're talking about a story. I am. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And sometimes it's, I'm like, okay, how can she talk about this in this manner? You know, it's something that I'll be like, okay, now this is very dangerous and all that. But you just find a way to be very calm while doing it. Oh, okay. Years of practice. <laughs> so how did that start? How did I start the podcast? Yeah. Uh, initially, we I started out talking about uh, my journey. Yeah. So how I got depression and how I got help for that. And I just really wanted to talk about mental health and, and how I got to be exposed to that. Yeah. So the first at least maybe five, six original episodes, which are no longer aired right now. Yeah. I had to delete them. I was just um, just doing a recount of my own experience with mental health. Yeah. And then I took a break for a while and then I came back to podcasting and then I started again yeah. from like self-acceptance going up. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of practice by then. Mm-hmm. So before it used to be, I would just sit with my thoughts and sort of just pick a topic and just talk about it because those are very personal intimate incidences that happened in my life yeah so it's not like i'm pulling out from someone's story whatever that would need to do research or anything like that yeah but now i thought i figured that um i could while i'm i'm doing a recount of my own story maybe even learn about a little bit about that so what I do now is I write out this transcript, write out the script of what I'm going to say, re- do a research on that. So by the time I'm actually talking about it, I've had time to process yeah. and even, you know, ask myself stuff like, oh, does this sound right? Is this okay to say on air yeah. with like people I don't know who, you know, people who don't know me <laughs> are going to hear this and be like, she's crazy. She's, she sounds crazy, you know, Yeah. because there's like a misconception of what mental health is about. So I definitely want to talk about that message, but by not continuing on the, on the stigma. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I get a lot of practice. 
basically before I record an episode, I have a little bit of practice and then and then I do it. So I'm so very um, grateful you said that. That was very nice. Thank you. That is just like one part of it, like okay. the praises of the podcast, right? The other okay. part. Okay. And the other part. <laughs> okay. Because there are two more parts, uh-huh. which is the production of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds beautiful. Like oh. I don't have any other word than beautiful. That I is hope I, I, really, I, I think I need you. like more like idioms or whatever. Really? Just say beautiful. Mark, that is so nice. Thank you. Yes, because there'll be these very calm sounds. Yeah. And then listening to the podcast. And then before you end, there'll be these new sounds as well. So it's like, as I say, like very nice storytelling. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very proud of myself for that. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm doing the whole thing on my own. So I, I'm kind of figuring things out as I go. It helps that I had a little bit of years, okay, not years, but like at least a year yeah. of, of listening to a lot of other podcasts, of um, learning from some of my favorite podcasts and, and doing research on what I want the podcast to sound like. Yeah. But I'm never sure until, you know, someone hears and then I'm like, is this, like, does this sound good? Like, does this... Is this something you want to hear? Yeah. So I'm never sure. Mm. I, I always feel grateful when I get comments like that because I'm like, yes, I'm doing something right. This is so validating. It's so cool. But you really are doing something very great. Thank you. I Given really that you're like it. a one woman team. I am a one, completely one woman team, which is scary and unnerving, but it's so much fun because yeah. I'm learning so much. Mm. And I mean, props to people who do this for a living because it's a lot of like moving parts Yeah, and they do it so effortlessly. So, I mean, I'm still learning how to perfect all of that. The pre-production work and the production and the post-production, all of that. And, yeah. and, and it's crazy because I'm still not sure of what I want it to sound like, um, like, like a proper, like I want it to be like a proper thing. And I think I'm not there yet, yeah. but um, yeah, it feels good when I get comments like that. Really appreciate it. So you're a lot of things as in you're a writer, mm. like music, I like everyone music. else, but you like music like a lot, a lot. Yeah. So why mental health as a subject for your podcast? That's an interesting question. Okay, so when I started out, um, I had an idea about what I wanted to podcast about. Yeah. Truthfully speaking, I'd just come out of a relationship. Mm. And so I was having, like, I had some time on my hands and it was COVID. So at the time I was in uni and we were at home. So I was, I was finding something to put my feelings into yeah and i'm not a songwriter yeah i can't write songs to save my life (laughs) um all the stuff that i wrote were just too dark yeah you know like poetry wise were just too dark and i honestly don't think they're that great Mm -hmm. so at the time i was listening to a lot of on purpose podcasts i was listening to a lot of um I was actually not even listening, but like obsessed with true crime podcasts. I just discovered that. So I was obsessively listening to podcasts at the time. Yeah. And then again, I've been a mental health advocate before for like a while. Yeah. Yeah. So then I figured I have this thing that a lot of people don't really know about, about me. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. And so, yeah, just one day I just sat down and was like, let me talk about um, depression. And then I did that. Yeah. And then I realized there's so much I want to say about it. Yeah. And I just 
went off on a tangent on that on that aspect and so yeah then i figured i like this let me keep on at it you yeah. know yeah so that's that's how i came to it i love the disclaimer that you always start your podcast with i think the latest one you say so much that i'm not a professional mm. you should seek mm. medical help mm. i want to know even though like this is a thing that you're very passionate about and you went on tangent on it mm. I want to know where you draw your strength from to talk about the topics that you talk about. For example, the last one you're talking about the emotional mm. part of it. Mm. Yeah, like a human emotion. Yeah. How do you draw the strength to talk about these particular subjects? The way I pick a topic, yeah. I always figure what I'm struggling with at the time. Mm-hmm. And whatever comes at me is what like if something keeps repeating over and over in my life. Yeah. I see patterns of it in my personal life, in the people around me. Yeah. In my head, the way I figured it is I need to talk about this. Yeah. And over the past uh, maybe three, four weeks, I've been struggling with language. Uh, I'd had a conversation with, with someone and then I didn't have the proper language of what I was trying to say. Okay. So I was like, I, I want to say this, but, but I can't find the, like I don't know the language for it. And so, I mean, for some reason, you know, I, I don't know if you believe in that, but like the universe throwing signs at you, stuff, something like that. Yeah. When I started struggling with that, my favorite podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, had just done an interview of with Dr. Brene Brown. Yeah. Who's one of, honestly, my favorite all time uh, social science research. And I'm always referring to her. Yeah. And um, so they'd just done an interview with her and so I went I went to I was listening I was just binge listening to We Can Do Hard Things episodes and then I heard when she was talking about her book Atlas of the Heart and then I listened to it I was like wait this sounds like something that I'm struggling with something I want to know about and then so I got the book and I started reading the book and mind blown I was like oh my god this is it this this is the thing that I've been struggling with and there's a HBO show of that Atlas of the Heart I watched the show it's like five episodes yeah I watched the show it was amazing and then yeah and then I figured you know Honestly, that's kind of how I get inspiration for my, for my episodes. Yeah. It's usually what I'm struggling with at the time, yeah. what resonates with me at the time. And then somehow I go out searching for content on that. I learn more about it. I research about it until I'm comfortable with, okay, this is how I can resonate with this story or this is how I can resonate with this topic. And then I, I talk about it. Interesting. So I don't know if it's strength. I think it's it's more like um, just like the universe confirming certain things yeah. for me. And, and I like that whenever that happens. And I don't usually know because I, I'm not entirely sure how many things I can say I struggle with at a particular time. Yeah. But um, if that makes sense. But like um, once I come up with an episode and I'm finished and I like hit the final recording and then I sit down and I process that. I'm like, yes, this, this is what I needed to say. And then I put it out there and then that's that. So for me, it's more like I'm literally processing my thoughts while I'm doing these episodes. And so it's more, it's just a thought process kind of thing. And, and um, with the difference with a mic and the gimmicks with the music and everything, but yeah. Does it feel like a personal audio diary? 
1000% it is um it used to be more before because when i started out i really wasn't um shy yeah about sharing <laughs> personal details and so it was very uh, bare it it i was just talking about what was in my heart and and my head and now i'm careful about what i share i am very selective about what i want to talk about it's 100% real yeah but i i happen to believe that you you can only be authentic with the right kind of um the right kind of people so i open up in a way that i know i, f- I still feel safe doing yeah. it yeah but it's not as bare or as you know naked as it used to be yeah, yeah. Was there anything that landed you into the name Your Mind Matter too? No, just came. Just I don't honestly don't remember how it came upon. Yeah. I want to say the the like philosophical answer to that is which is I'm going to go on that tangent because, you know, so people can think I'm smart. Yeah. Um <laughs> like the philosophical answer to that is I think if someone gets injured, yes. Uh you can see the injury. Yes, right yes. and then you can point out oh this person has a problem here yeah but with mental health it's not as easy yes so a lot of times and i've had this in my life and in school and at work a lot of times people will discard this stuff yes so if someone is feeling something was going through something a personal struggle a mental struggle a yes. lot of times we tend to be the first ones to be like oh this doesn't matter Yeah. because it's not like a, like a leg injury that someone can see and be like you're hurt yes. you have you you have a right to feel as bad as you feel because you you have an injury yeah so i think for me it was more of a rallying cry like i need people to understand that this is also as important like if you have an injury you're not going to wait until your leg gets cut off for yes. you to go to the hospital you're going to get it fixed yeah i wanted that the same message for your mind if you're having an issue if you're having a struggle then this has to also be a priority for you because it is true how they came the name came up just kind of just sprung up and i just brought it out and it sounded good so i'm like okay let's go with that there's no there's no really science to that there's no science to it i want us to try something very difficult okay which i think is difficult mm-hmm. but this thing is to try and describe what depression is like okay because i think that is a very difficult question. Mm. So how does depression feel like if you can share with us? For me? Yeah. A lot of people expect depression to feel like being sad. Yeah. Or grief. Mhm. But it doesn't feel that way. Depression feels like being perpetually exhausted. Like it doesn't matter how many times you sleep. Yeah. or you hydrate yeah. or you pray or you meditate you're just exhausted mm. and nothing matters you feel nothing completely numb yeah i think that's what depression feels like for me when i start noticing feeling that way when nothing matters i'm too disconnected i'm extremely exhausted no matter how much i rest yeah I'm just completely numb. Things yeah. that would make me happy just don't make me happy anymore. Things yeah. that should make me angry just don't make me angry. I'm just too exhausted to be angry. Mm-hmm. Things that make me sad just don't make me sad. I just feel nothing. Yeah. And it feels 
completely dark, that is when I know I'm having a depressive episode. It, I think it's different for a lot of people, yeah. but that's how, that's how it is for me. Is there a way that another person can be of help mm. to a depressed person or there's nothing they can do? Honestly, if you'd asked me like a year ago, yeah. I would have said, yeah, you can help with this and this and this. Like I would have given you like um, Google certified uh, proof of what you can do. Yeah. But right now, I think a lot of what I can say would help yeah. is more external. Uh, for example, when I'm having a depressive episode, um, I can't, there's a lot of physical things I can't do. Yeah. Like get out of bed. So a lot of times I have a hard time taking care of myself. Something as, as eating food just feels like a chore. Yeah. So if, if someone is having a, de a depressive episode, some ways you can help them is do the things that they can't do. Yeah. So food, make, make sure they're eating. Sometimes depression takes your appetite as well. So making sure that they're fed, um, hydrating them, yeah. doing laundry for them. Um, there are some more nurturing things. Some people like to be held. Some people like, you know, like to just be in the presence of other people. Yeah. Um, I would say I, I, my initial inclination was listen to them. Yes. But sometimes you just don't even know yeah. what to say. You know, like if you're the person having a depressive episode, sometimes like everything could be going fine in your life. So it's not like you can be like, oh, I have this problem. Like I'm broke yeah. or I had a breakup or I'm fighting this, I'm fighting that. Yeah. You have no reason. You mm. just feel this way. So sometimes listening can be difficult because you don't know what to say, Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. But there are some people like me, I'm learning to find the language to, to what to say. So if a person, so if when I'm feeling depressed, I try to talk to a friend. Yeah. And be like, because I've now, like I've now identified, oh, this is when I'm going bad again. So I can call a friend and be like, it's getting bad. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have some really, really special friends who understand. So I don't have to over explain myself and they'll be like, okay, tell yeah. me. And then they'll listen. And they'll listen not to help because sometimes you just don't need help. You just need someone to just listen to you. Yeah. So just having a conversation with, with, with a person, depression, that, that would save a life. And um, some people need like physical help, like helping them bathe, stuff like that. Yeah. Helping, helping them like, you know, dressing them. There are, there are a lot of like different aspects to it. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think the basic ones, just take care of them, you mm -hmm. know, just, just don't be like, oh, it's time for you to eat. Here, have food, eat, yeah, yeah. shove food in your face. Yeah. Like that's not going to help because they'll eat, but then they don't even feel the taste of the food. Yeah. So a lot of times you're just force feeding and then that's not really helping them. Mm. But there, I mean, there are a lot of medical ways to help out. I would say, you know, get them medical help. Yeah. But for me, that's what works. Just simple, soft things. Mm. Yeah. The thing about mental health, as you've mentioned, it's not something that someone can see, like, let's say, a leg injury. Right. So over the recent years, we have had this, like, myth, like, 
mental health is like a myth. Mm. Like it was never there when our parents were growing up mm. or our grandparents. How is it now a problem? Right? Like after all, Africans don't get mental problems. Mm. You know, I think like these are things that you hear as well. Yeah. So how do we move from there? You know, that mental problems are not African problems. Mm. You know, people will tell you like, will tell you like a black person cannot be depressed. Mm. <laughs> right? Mm. How do we find our way home into realizing that this is the thing and we need to act in a certain way mm. to make it really, really like something that people can pay attention to? That's a really good question. And for me, like it comes from a place of like, I get a little bit triggered when people say, oh, mental health is not real. Yeah. Because I've seen it. I've seen it take people's life. You know, I've seen people suffering with a mental illness until they die. And so when someone says, oh, this is only Magonjo Azungo, I'm like, are you serious? Are you so disconnected from the world? Yeah. I hate when people generalize these things because I think mental illness and mental health has been modeled as a first world problem yeah. because we keep assuming you have to get a certain stature in life yeah. for you to get mental health problems. Yes. You have to be rich for you to now get mental health problems or you have to be living somewhere ukoju or something for you to get mental health problems. Yeah. So that myth is very damaging because we it doesn't choose. It's it's just one of those things that cuts across literally unites us all. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, man, woman, whatever you identify with, black, white, whatever race you are. Yeah. It goes through everyone, everyone, because as long as you literally have a brain and you have a heart, yeah. you are susceptible to have mental health problems. Yeah. Literally. Like if you don't, great, alhamdulillah. But chances are, as long as you have those two things, yeah. you're going to get sick at some point yeah. or you're going to suffer in some way. Mm. So I would say how we move from that is we, first off, we need to get more aware about it. Yeah. Like I said, language is very important. And sometimes we confuse having like a depressive episode with, with someone being sad. Yeah. And then they assume that because of her age, it's a relationship problem. Yeah. Same thing with men. Yeah. While it could be a number of things. And yeah, grief, grief can bring like... A depressive episode. Yes, a depressive episode. So yes, there are those aspects as well. But that doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It yeah. just means that this person now has a problem mm -hmm. and it needs to be addressed. Yeah. So the first thing I would say, we need to learn about it. We need to, like, we all need to take an active pledge to learn about mental health yeah. and mental illnesses in general. Mm. And then we need to look inside and then be like, okay, how does this apply to me first and foremost? Yeah. Because I believe each and every one of us is affected by this. Mm. I mean, honestly, the first time I had talk therapy, I got out literally the first time someone said the words to me, it sounds like you may be depressed. Yeah. And then I got out of that office. It was maybe, it was 2016, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, I got out of that office and... I could see color for the first time. Yeah. Like everything felt vibrant. 
And then suddenly, when I looked at people's faces, and I'm not even kidding, this may sound woo-woo-woo, but when I looked at people's faces, I could see they were hurting. Mm -hmm. And I would recognize that pain because I had it as well. And that's how I knew we're all suffering. I went back home and I told my mom, and then she listened to me. She said, this is interesting. Um, It sounds like someone I know may have this problem. I was like, yes. And yeah, if you look at the person, yes, 100 fits, ticks all the boxes. Yeah. And then suddenly it became aware to me, all these people have been sick and we didn't even know. Yeah. You know? So we need to look inside. We need to be like, how does this apply to me as well? Yeah. Because I believe if we dig deep, we can find ways that mental health touches us all. Yeah. And then the second, the third thing I would say we need to do is we need to listen to professionals. You know, we need to, like, that's so important. A lot of people keep discounting therapy. And I know therapy is, like, expensive and it's hard to find a therapist. But we need to listen to professionals. They know what they're doing. Yeah. A lot of times they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we need to listen to them. If they tell us this is how we can help, we we listen and we we try to help in that way. Yeah. Uh, For example, like, there's been language that um, mental health is synonymous to crazy. So we keep calling people who suffer with mental health problems as crazy yeah. or people with mental illnesses as crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a health a mental health practitioner or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or therapist telling you, this is not craziness. Mm-hmm. This has a name. We listen to them. Yeah. We, we need to listen and be like, oh, so this is what this is. Yeah. And then let's help out. Yeah. So yeah, those are, I think we do that number one, two and three, and then we move on from there. I think we can totally end the stigma on it because when we do that, naturally what happens is each and every one of us is going to be forced to have conversations on mental health. Exactly. So the way you sit down and talk about football and girls and boys and Tamfili and Nini, you talk about mental health. Yeah. And then once that becomes a conversation, it's no longer about Matatizo, your first world. It's about Iraniang Wanashida. Yeah. And it becomes a universal thing yeah. that needs to be normalized. So I think that's a good place to start. That's a very interesting case. Mm-hmm. I'm taking you back to your very latest episode yes. where you talked about emotions. Mm-hmm. And I connected that particular episode so much because in one place you mentioned that, um, for example, disciplining a kid, mm-hmm. you know, you just see your mom picking up uh, Malapa mm-hmm. and it will trigger in your head. Mm-hmm. Kwamba, you know, yeah, it's, going to ha- it's going to rain <laughs> it's, around it's, here. It's happening. <laughs> yes, it's happening. Yeah. So you run. Mm-hmm. We had this particular conversation with some of my friends, mm-hmm. you know, talking about corporal punishment to kids mm-hmm. and how that is actually very detrimental to their growth. Mm-hmm. But as every other kind of conversation, this conversation of corporal punishment is something that is like, you know, I turned out good. Mm. because I oh, received man. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and mm. people will really say that with their chest and mm-hmm. it will be like, I turned out better mm. because I was, dis- I was disciplined mm-hmm. better. Mm. Because if it was not for that, mm. I really would have been crazy. Mm. Now, I want to know something, right? Given that you have been spending time in this particular field, mm. not as a professional, mm. but as a person who is actively reading, researching, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is this very true? Because mm-hmm. 
in one part, I'm always forced not to discount mm. the people who are saying these things because they firsthand lived that life, mm. right? But on the other hand, I'm like, why do professionals say this is actually not the proper way to do this thing? Yeah. Right? Because every time you tell them this is not the proper way to do this particular thing, mm. they tell you like, you really don't know me. Mm. You know, you mm. don't, you really don't know me because if you had me, mm. you would beat me, <laughs> you know? And that is the only way that I, I could have even like reached here today. Mm. It's because of that. Mm. So I want us to talk about that because okay. a lot of, a lot of it, right? Now that we are talking about mental health, there has been like, we have that trauma. Mm the parent-child relationship mm. and the punishment. Yeah. yeah. Trauma is the right word. So I want to start by answering, uh, I want to start answering by saying I am not a doctor. Yes, please. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I am not a doctor and I'm not a child development expert. Yeah. So I cannot give you the science of it. Yeah. That said, I think that... When we're kids, we bond with our caretakers yeah. because that's the first place that we learn how to do things and how to feel. I recently read a Reddit post where it said uh, a kid is, is a grown-up without the experience. So it has all the feelings of a grown-up yeah. without the experiences to it. Yeah. So as kids, we feel love, we feel pain, yeah. we feel hate, we feel annoyance, every emotion you can think of. Yeah. When you're a child, you feel it. Yeah. The only differences between a child and a grown-up is you have not yet found the language to articulate those feelings and you also do not have experiences to connect to yeah. those feelings. Yeah. When you get your heart broken and you feel pain, mm -hmm. you can connect love and pain, yeah. romance and pain. Yeah. A kid has love and then they feel pain. They don't have the experience to connect that yet. Yeah. So this is why I feel that's relevant because children have the experience, the, the emotional bandwidth of grownups, yeah. but lack the adult experiences to it. They are terrified of what they're experiencing. They need guidance on how to properly manage and understand those experiences and those feelings. Yeah. Yes. Kids are hectic. Kids will push each and every button in your bone yeah. and kids will drive you nuts. So, mtu anayisema kwamba, yani unge, unge kuwa na, unge nijua mimi, na unge nipiga, they are right to say that because they know yeah. that ninge fika katika levo ya kukupanda yeah. to the point usingiza kujizuia. Yeah. That said, that means they're human. Mm -hmm. That is the human experience. Yeah. Right? When you're in a traumatic household or dysfunctional household, where any sort of emotion that is inconveniencing to other people is met with harsh treatment, yeah. you learn very quickly to adapt. Very quickly. Which is why I said in, in my last episode that children who experience trauma or abuse of any kind will develop hypervigilance. So it becomes something of a superpower. Yeah. So you know when to sit straight. You know when to not cry. Yeah. You know when not to scream loud. Mm. 
kwa mfano kiafrika ukipigwa afu spolia na kupiga ili ulie afu ukilia ukilia kwa nguvu na kupiga zaidi exactly you learn these things yeah because you become very hyper aware of how they are reacting yeah that only comes in a traumatic experience yeah it's the same thing ambao wanapitia wana soldiers wakiwa vitani it's the same thing ambao anapitia daktari ambaye aliona a lot of a lot of pain and 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 a lot of painful experiences yeah. it's literally what's happening in a child's brain yeah. then war mm-hmm. at all times in a dysfunctional household so what that means is when they behave in a human way yeah so they scream they throw tantrums they nini and then they're not met with a proper teaching card sort of to so to speak yeah. yani namna kuongoza vizuri ya jinsi ya kuhandle hizo emotion yeah. and instead they're met with harsh treatment is a yeah. corporal punishment mm. they will learn to behave and stay in line yeah but they will also develop a very very like a long list of defense mechanisms from that yeah these are the people who you will not trust easily Mm. These are the people who be terrible communicators. Mm-hmm. These are the people who will form horrible attachments with other people. Yeah. These are the people who be terrified to speak for themselves. People who will be lacking of all sorts of confidence in themselves. These are the people who will likely be substance abusers. Mm. These are people who will likely also be aggressive. Yeah. So they might they may likely exhibit aggressive tendencies in their lives vile wanavyosema baba akimpiga mtoto there's a high chance mtoto na mwenyewe atakuja kumpiga mwanae these are the people who likely do that so they will behave they'll be proper kwenye family functions kwenye family gatherings hawatokuaibisha they will not speak out of turn utawapiga jicho moja and they will know it's time to go sleep but when they grow up wanakwenda kuharibu maisha mtu mwingine When people don't realize that because we don't we often don't realize how much damage we gain from from our caretakers and our parents yeah. when people don't realize that they are the people we learn from mm-hmm. so there's this complicated relationship of they did the right thing for me yeah i'm grateful i love them yes because you don't want to actually open up that jar you know that can of worms of actually dad you gave me trust issues yes. you know yes actually mom it's because of you i cannot speak for myself you don't want to open that can of worms right yes because you love your parents you love your caretakers you want them to be like this are my world these are the people i admire the most yeah ndo maana watu wengi ambao wana wanakuwa katika dysfunctional families they have a hard time identifying that their that their family is dysfunctional ukipigwa mm. especially for those subtle traumatic experiences kwa mfano emotional abuse yeah ukiwa unaitwa mbwa unaitwa sijui nani majina mabaya mabaya unaweza usiseme i wasn't abused i turned out okay yeah but there's there's like effects to that to being called mbwa by the person who's supposed to to be like like your caretaker your caretaker mm. you know there is there are effects to that that you may not see them ukiwa mtoto i've seen kids who grow up like this that like wakati wakiwa bado wadogo kabla wajao watu wazima na wakiwa watoto bado you see a difference wakiwa na watoto wengine ndo kuna hii language and i'm going to say this because it it feels like 
ni tofauti ndogo lakini someone pointed out before and i was like what watoto wa english medium mm-hmm. na watoto wa kayumba mm-hmm. you find mtoto wa kayumba yeah. behaving a certain way akiwa around watoto wa english medium mm-hmm. na mtoto wa english medium behaving a certain kind of way akiwa watoto around watoto wa kayumba yeah. and i know these are over generalizations but this is what it could look like mm-hmm. something along the lines of mtoto wa kayumba akirusha jiwe kwenye kwenye gari la mtu yeah anajua kinachofata mm-hmm. ni kipigo cha mbwa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anatokomea. Anatokomea. And then mtoto wa wa, wa wa English medium ambaye hapigwi tuseme hapigwi. Same kama watoto wa English medium hawapigwi but you know tuseme hapigwi. Yeah. They do something wrong. The mom or their dad sits down then be like this was wrong. Time yeah. out. Don't watch TV, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That kind of punishment versus nakupiga kama mbwa, you know. Yeah. They do something wrong and then they're like mom dad I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They're two different very vastly different experiences. Kwa watoto wawili. Yeah. Wakiwa katika same moja, behavior zao pia zitakuwa tofauti. Yes. They'll be very very different. The way they move through the world will also be very very different. Kwa sa nyingine unakuwa hauoni ukiwa unakuwa kwamba oh this is how this treatment is affecting me yes and sometimes that manifests utu ukubwani yani ukiwa mtu mzima ndo itakuwa manifested kwenye relationships zako kwenye kazi zako na nini yeah. lakini there are some subtle effects mm-hmm. that are there zinaonekana ukiwa utotoni yeah. unashangaa mtu atakuwa anaongea sana ghafla ni mkimia mm. like what happened to this kid that's a traumatic response a lot of times Yeah. You know, unashangaa mtoto alikuwa they walk with their chest up and then suddenly they're like slouched. Yeah. Mtoto amekuwa antisocial sana. Mm-hmm. There is something happening in their brains because likely of something that's happening in the environment. Honestly, it's it's a difficult thing to talk about kwa sababu nafikiri it takes processing and actual therapy like you need to sit down with the therapist and, and unpack all of that. Yeah. Lakini athari yake ni kubwa athari yake ni kubwa na i worry that people who beat the kids or people who justify beating kids yeah. go like mbona mimi nilipigwa i turned out okay no mm. anza kujitathmini mm-hmm. look at all your flaws a lot of times when you dig deep hili anza wapi yeah you may find it's coming back to your childhood mm. cuz a lot of things we struggle with come yani root yake yeah ni malezi ya ya utotoni. Mm-hmm. Kwa kama imekuwa met na aggression na hate na any sort of trauma, yeah. it will represent and manifest itself in your adult life in some form. Kwa hiyo ubaya ni kwamba usijitambue if you you put the same trauma on your kid. Yeah. Because then that's the generational curse that keeps going. Mm-hmm. Kwa sababu a lot of times wazazi ambao wanafanya hivyo wamefanyiwa hivyo na wao. Yes. That's what they know. So it's very important that before anyone literally has kids or anyone who goes I'm going to take care of these kids. Yes. They sit down and be like what is wrong with me? Like I mm-hmm, need to unpack mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. my own stuff, you know, so that you don't put that same thing yes. on other people because then those kids will learn that from you. Yes. And that circle just keeps going round and round and round. So yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. That was a long answer. <laughs> It is a very long answer, right? <laughs> but a very beautiful answer and it's not because i can relate to everything that you said mm. because we see those things mm. and there was a disclaimer that you're not a doctor not no a child development psychologist yeah 100% true but the nitty gritties of the things that you are saying 
that to take a proper auditing of your own self mm. and reflecting those things that you say like mimi tuniko na asira tu kawaida yangu right but when you try to like connect them finding that language like where does this come from mm. why do i just throw tantrums to every anyone mm. right why do i behave like this mm. they will point you to a certain point mm. and then it will be like oh that light bulb moment yes like it became it came from here mm-hmm. so either you are too wise to mm-hmm. admit mm. that it came from there mm. or you are blinded mm-hmm. that no 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 my parents love me too much yes. to have subjected me to that mm-hmm. so I don't know what happens then because you have to find a way to justify the kind of pain that you're going through yes. as a human being. Mm. Like, why do I it go through this? It has to go somewhere. Yeah. Yes, it has to go somewhere. Yeah. Now, if it's not going to your primary caregivers, mm-hmm. I don't know where it is going to. You know, what, what I can say is um, those things can exist in the same plane. Yeah. You can love your parents or mm-hmm. your caregivers yes. and still understand that they messed you up. Mm-hmm. Because... Parenthood is hard. I'm not a parent, yes. but parenthood is difficult because life is difficult. Now imagine doing this life thing with a little human, you know? Yeah. Like you have a little human who has to like is looking to you for everything, food, learning, lessons, all of that. Is yeah. looking to you. It's hard. So I think parents, honestly, even the worst ones, I think even in their own way, they're doing the best that they can. Yeah. And sometimes that's just not enough. Mm-hmm. Their best is just not enough. Yeah. So you can understand that. My yeah. parents tried to do everything. Yes. To make sure I'm okay. Yeah. And they still messed me up. Yeah. And you can love them and honor them and respect them and still say you messed me up. On that same hand, there are parents who actively are toxic. Actively toxic. Actively parents. toxic. Yaani wanakuwa toxic kuanzia ukiwa mtoto, ukubwani wako, they're still toxic. Mm-hmm. You can still love them and honor your boundaries and be like, nah, I'm not putting up with this. Yeah. This is just, this is not where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I think what ends up happening and why it's difficult for us to articulate this, this kind of, of like traumatic experiences yeah. is because we're blinded by, by the love we have for our parents and our caretakers. And we're like, because if you really think about it yeah. and, and go like, if the person who loves you the most is the one who treated you the worst yes. in this world, mm-hmm. what's your place in this world? Exactly. You know? And that's heavy for anyone. Even a person who goes to therapy for like every day. Yeah. That's heavy. Mm. Let alone someone who's never even heard of therapy. Yeah. It's a difficult journey to go through, but it's an important journey mm. because It's through that that you learn how to behave. You learn to understand why I am the way I am, why I do the things I do. Yeah. And then it's through that that your actions end up either affecting the people around you for the positive or if it was negative then that's when the negative ceases because then you're like okay I have to stop doing this. Yeah. Because I now know this is a problem. I can't I can't keep doing this anymore. I have to learn not to do this. Yeah. And I think that's learning human experience goes back back to it. So we should really like navigate very carefully mm-hmm. the waters that say mzazi akosei. Mm, 1000%. Mzazi ni binadamu jamani. Kila binadamu anakosea. Because that is I think the thing that holds us back the yeah. way you, that you have put it. Yeah. Come but uh, to cover that with a mzazi mm. is always like perfect. Yeah. 
and be blind, mm-hmm. for example, to actively toxic parents, as you're yes, saying. Yes, yeah. And we cannot really hold them accountable because how do you hold your parent accountable? Mm, you can with boundaries, but you're right. I get I get the struggle. Yeah. Because then, unajua nafikiri, especially katika katika culture yetu sisi hapa. Yeah. I think that kuna umungu fulani hivi ambao wazazi tunawapa na tunakuzwa tukiwa tunaona umungu fulani kwa wazazi. Yes. So when you exalt your parents mm-hmm. as this magnificent beings that are damn close to God. Yeah. You know, these are the gods on earth. When you do that, you put people on pedestals yeah. and people are not meant to be in pedestals. Mm. Because human beings are complicated and nuanced and hard to understand. Yeah. So if we paint rose-colored glasses on all our parents and see them as gods, yeah. we won't see the other side. Mm-hmm. So obviously, no mano kisikia mtu anasema sijui, hata kwa wazazi, this is two way by the way. Yeah. Peer parents might not see toxicity in their kids. Yeah. Kwa mtu akisikia mwanangu, they can never do this. Yeah. It's because you're looking at them with rose-colored glasses, you know? Mzazi wangu, they can never do this. Yeah. But we need to understand that human beings are we're complicated. Mm. We As can species. be good and bad. Yes. As species, we're just, we're just that complicated. Yeah. So your parent can love you and still hurt you. And will likely hurt you. This is one thing I'm learning. Like, Noma, you could do the right thing as a parent. Like, you could do everything perfect and still mess your kid up. It's just going to happen. Mm. The next right thing to do is just you learn. Okay, this is where I messed up. This is how I need to learn so yeah. that I don't do it anymore. Mm. And so that I love and teach my kids to love in the right way. Yeah. Because if you if you're too proud, if you go like, oh, mimi ni mzazi, sikosei, mimi ndo nikuleta kwenye dunia, huwezi ukanipanda kichwani and all of that, what you're saying is don't honor. You're telling your kid don't honor your emotions. Yeah. Don't honor what you know is wrong and listen to me. Yeah. Huyo mtoto ndo atakayekuja kuwa anapigwa na mume wake. Yeah. Alafu anaambia ondoka, why are you not leaving the relationship? You know. I'm honoring because I'm not honoring myself. I'm honoring someone else's wants. Yeah. And again, overgeneralization, but you know, these things, I, I believe, genuinely believe they're connected. Mm. They're like, nguwa ambazo zinashonewa na, na, na thread moja. Yeah. Kwa hiyo ni sisi, ukiena, ukipul tu se moja, the whole thing comes apart. That's what I 100% believe. I think we can talk about this and go on tangents. <laughs> for like three hours. <laughs> 10,000 hours. <laughs> like, and then come back, yes. right? But then I want, I want to take you a little bit aside from this particular topic. Mm-hmm. You did study as a lawyer. I did. And I graduated did. As, as a lawyer. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, law. Law was my first love. Mm-hmm. I was very passionate about law. Yeah. So Mimi Kwanza, Labdeni, Nitoi History, I finished my Form 4. Yeah. And I didn't want to study A-levels. Mm-hmm. And then I started with like certificate, diploma, then degree. Yeah. And then when I was finishing from four, yeah. I already knew what I wanted to be in life. I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I want, I love to argue. I love to, you know, I love to do all of those things. And people were like, you're so confident. You'd make a great lawyer. Yeah. So there are two things. I was either going to be a lawyer or a politician. Mm-hmm. But then I grew up and then I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't relate to politics. I hate it actually. Mm-hmm. So 
law felt natural for me. Yeah. So I knew exactly what I wanted to study. Mm-hmm. And then I got introduced to this world and it just blew my mind. Yeah. I was so fascinated. I'm a geek. So reading about law is just like, it's a fun time for me. Yeah. And I, I was like, this is where I want to do. You know, this is where I want to be in my, this, this is, this is my journey. Mm. So towards like third year, uh, maybe second year. Yeah. Degree. Nika, Nika exposed to international law because I'm very, the thing that I think, the thing that drew me to law was human rights. Yeah. Why I remember telling my dad when I was like really young, I think nilikuwa maybe 16, maybe 15, telling my dad, mm-hmm. I remember my dad asking me this question and be like, what about wanaume? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I told him, I'm like 15, 16, like I'm a teenager at this time. Yeah. And I remember saying like, a lot of times, ni wanaume ndo wanaharibu hizo hakiza wanake na watoto. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've, I've, I see kids suffer a lot and I want to help them. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the language for it. I was like, I didn't know that the Lord actually does that. Yeah. So human rights. I was like, yes, this is, you know, this is what I want to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And then international law and international human rights. So that's just, just blew my mind even further. Yeah. So I was always very, very passionate about law. But man, law is expansive mm-hmm. and tedious mm-hmm. and long even for a geek like even you even for a geek like me mm. and kwa hapa Tanzania i think we need to be like really realistic kwa watu ambao wanaenda kusoma sheria especially mm. and be like look deep what do you want to, what do you really want to do with your life yeah because if you go in with idealistic opinions like i did not can take the haki Mm-hmm. a lot of times you realize kwa sababu ya bureaucracy kwa sababu ya nini haki nyingi hazitetewi na haki nyingi zinavunjwa actually na zinakuwa justified kwa kuvunjwa so it can quickly get old fast so I was I've never been a very practical pragmatic person I've always been an idealist kwa when I realized that I was like Mm. and then I got exposed to mental health and, and it just didn't feel like the natural path for me anymore. My mom was confused. She was like, yeah. what do you want to do with your life now? You know, because uh-huh. the most logical step is Nenda Law School. Yes. And I was like, nah, mom, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. She was like, you're serious? Yeah. You might change your mind. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe let me teach because mm-hmm. I love to teach. Yeah. So I was a TA for about 11 months. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing mm-hmm. and really, really great. I think, I think teaching is, is like, if this life thing doesn't work, you know, I have teaching because yeah. both my parents were teachers. Yeah. So I think cliche as it sounds, I think it's in my blood. Mm-hmm. So when I was teaching, it was like, it just felt natural for me. Yeah. I love to, I think this is why I do podcasting because podcasting in a lot of ways, yeah. you're kind of teaching people. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, so I felt I was like 100% in love with that. Yeah. But na yenyewe niko complicated kwa sababu unahitaji sijui so many ni sasa hivi kwa Tanzania utapata hajira kwa lectures especially when na masters were ume practice sheria ko umeenda law school which I do not want to do. <laughs> so so it's it's like I'm not saying people shouldn't do it. Yes. It it just feels 
unnecessarily complicated. Mm-hmm. And I get academics and like it's a different world. Yes. Of course practice sharia. One of my best, like all of my, the best lectures I had in school mm. were practitioners mm-hmm. because they gave you on, on the ground, real life examples. Yes. You learn more from that. Kushinda kwa mtu ambaya nasoma darasani, masters afana kujo kufundisha. So I 100% accept that's the right way. Yeah. It just isn't the right way for me. Mm. So yeah, so law is, is a passion that I have. Yeah. And unfortunately, kwa sababu nimekuwa exposed kwa vitu vingine sasa hivi, it just yeah. kind of fizzled out kidogo. Mm. Lakini yeah, it was something I think in another life maybe. You don't feel some type of way, maybe like sad, you know, like I wasted like four years doing law and then didn't pan out. Mm. Or it's just like, you know, we have broken up with law, mm-hmm. we're moving to another thing and you don't really look back. So this is how I am. I'm I'm a very impulsive, I think, person. Yeah. So I'm impulsive, but I take time to make my decisions because mm. I want to do something that feels right in the moment. Yeah. And nakumbuka last year, no, nivomaliza, nivomaliza chuo 2020, nilikuwa nina I was like considering what I want to do. Yeah. Either ni niende law school ama ni some masters ama ni some kitu kingine kabisa. Yeah. At the time I've already been exposed to mental health so I was really leaning towards kusoma mental health issues. Yes. Ko psychology nini lakini sina hiyo background. Yeah. Kwa hiyo practically ningeshindwa kwenda kule. Mm. Ko nilisema you know what ili nipate ajira nipate kazi because I want to be doing something for myself wacha nikasome masters ili ko ni masters ya sheria. Yeah. So that was the plan. And then that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yani the universe works in mysterious ways. Kabiza. Nilijaribu kwa hali na mahali. <laughs> that did not work. And then for some reason, God pushed me into teaching. Yeah. And then I taught for 11 months. Mm. And I was like, okay, this could be my life. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was late December of... Mwakajana, that's when I was really figuring out because internship yangu kufundisha nilikuwa na come to an end. Yeah. So I was like, I need a plan. Yes. I need, is this what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Or nirudi shule nika, nika some sheria sasa. Yes. And I remember sitting down and really asking myself mm-hmm. and going like, I'm going to disappoint a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who feel like they've wasted their time on me and invested in me. Yeah. You know, this is years, six years, nimesome sheria kwa miaka sita. Yeah. Well, this is six years. Yaku nilipiada, yaku expect kwamba nina nini anamaliza nani, you know? Yeah. And alhamdulillah my mom has always been supportive. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, make the decision that feels right for you. Yeah. And then I sat down with it and I was like, what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. What do I really really want to do with my life? Yeah. And then I really asked myself, 10 years from now, mm-hmm. na practice sheria. Yeah. Will I be satisfied? Mhm. The answer was no. I knew I'd be unhappy. Mm-hmm. I knew 100% I would not be happy. Because mm-hmm. nilikuwa exposed kwenye yu dunia. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I saw it with, and I was like, this is just not good for me. This yeah. is not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And then teaching in itself is not enough either. Yeah. Yani, kimifumo evoekwa, sito jisustain kimaisha, you know? Yeah. So when I looked deep and said, I don't know what I want to do, But whatever comes, it's not going to be this. 
Yes. I'll be okay with it. Yeah. And I went with it. Mm-hmm. And then this awesome opportunity came up. I took it and I'm, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. So I don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. I really don't because I think naenda napotakiwa kwenda. Yeah. And I do not regret 100%. Mm-hmm. I do not regret studying law kwa sababu yeah. it gave me a background in things that I would not Yani they've made me who I am. Yeah. Right now I'm passionate about a, lo- a lot of things mm-hmm. in part because I studied law. Yeah. And because nimeona kwa sababu sheria inakufundisha kuona vitu katika a lot of different aspects. Yeah. Nimeona mambo mengi kupitia nilivyokuwa na, nafundishwa. Mm-hmm. You were literally being trained to see things from all angles, yeah. you know? So I would not regret that. It made me who I am today. Yeah. Fortunately, it also made me a smart ass mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which is necessary in life i think yeah. <laughs> so no i don't regret it i i don't look back anymore and go like oh ningenini mm-hmm. i believe naenda napotakiwa kwenda wherever that is mungu anajua mm-hmm. i'll go with it so my very crazy story mm-hmm. about law mm. right i have friends who did law mm. so i used to call them and we'll discuss just this one law. Mm. Sheria ndoa ya mwaka 1978 or something like that. Mm. And I think it was around the this court case ya 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 mengi. Ya mengi, okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And we'll just like be talking about it like mm-hmm. okay, so what does the law say? Mm. Or it says like da 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 das you shahidis you ni 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 zimacha. Like okay, but that is very straightforward. Yeah. Like everything is written na 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 ah some no no no. We don't work like that. Mm. So I started hearing words like katiba iko kimya. Again, it it felt so fun mm. to hear that word like katiba iko kimya katika ile eneo. So I was like, okay. This is like a very interesting linko. Mm. And then there was like wakili msomi. <laughs> you know? And that thing that you have to refer to your colleague as a learned, learned brother, learned sister. Yes, I was like <laughs> Why is this so necessary? It's so you know? fascinating. <laughs> But it always like it it has always fascinated me, mm. right? And I was like, okay, this looks like it is easy. It's logical mm. that things would flow from here to here. Mm. But it really doesn't look like that. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Mm. It might be like that logical, mm. but people come to court to argue. Mm. Depending on how what is being like presented. Mm you might think that you're going to win the case and then you lose and you lose it mm. because it is just not that straight it so I, I, it felt like it always felt like there's something else to it right because i think there was one verdict that mm. was passed mm. just because the judge wanted to set a certain precedent mm-hmm. over that particular matter yeah you know and and to me it was like but this is not the way things are being done yeah but i was told yes that might not be the thing the way things are done mm-hmm. but When we look at the society, mm. the, what does the society say? Mm. Where does the society lean more towards mm. in this particular instance? That also determines where we go with this yes. particular case. Yes. Right? So it has always fascinated me in that manner. Mm. And, you know, I read like once in a while mm-hmm. and I see like these big books, mm. you know, and the suits and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. You know. Does it make you want to go to school and learn? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. I just like to like sit down, right? Yeah. And talk about it. I'll, like you know, making those arguments yeah. and you know, see how 
my arguments can really be like flawed mm-hmm. and being told like, you think this is really this straight? Yeah. But this is actually not because it will be like words on paper. Mm-hmm. Like these are like words in, in like a constitution. And then you're told like, no, 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 we don't do it like that. And I'm like, how? It doesn't, it's a lot of smoking mirrors. <laughs> yes, like it, 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 it doesn't really mean is. what you think it means. <laughs> exactly that. And somebody will come and tell you like, I think around that particular time, there was a lot of like arguments, you mm. know, and people were like, how can you talk to a professor who has like practiced like law for 30 years mm. and you are just like a junior, you know, like, oh, Mesuma took Atiba like three years or four years, mm. you know, and you know, there's always that like looking down to someone else. Yeah. But when you have worked in a, in, in an industry now, like that is like the thing that I came to realize. Mm is that you see what other people don't see mm. or you, you see what amateurs mm. would really not see mm. because it's not really black and white. As mm. much as it looks like it's black and white, yeah. it really isn't. Mm. You know, so that was like the beauty or like the, my confused world mm. with law that like what you say just like made me remember it. It is beautiful. And and because the law changes with societies. Yeah. Societies fashion what law looks like. Mm. So law is a lot like a human being. Yeah. You know? Mm. And it can do harm and mm. do good mm-hmm. depending on the human being. Yeah. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about it. Because when you really, really think about it, you have the power to change millions of lives. Yeah. For good and bad. Yeah. And that's what the law does. It changes millions and millions of lives. And so I get the fascination. It's what pulled me to it. Mm. You know? So you got to take the lemons and the apples. It's not a real saying, but if it was, it makes sense. <laughs> and that's law. You got to take the lemons and the apples. Another thing that really not, like never used to make sense mm-hmm. and today doesn't is we're using like the Indian law. Mm. And I was like, what is our connection mm. with India? Okay. Oh, let me see if I can remember this. Um, mm-hmm. So what happened was Tanzania was ruled by the Britain, right? Yeah. We know that. Yeah. By the British and the Germans. Yeah. When it was during German time, mm. colonial rule, mm. they had their own rules. Yeah. So their own laws. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't add a lot of history to our own laws. Yeah. So when the British... Uh, colonial rule came on, yeah. it kind of eradicated a lot of the German rules mm-hmm. and brought on their own rules. Yep. Now, Britain as a superpower colonized mm. a lot of continents, as you know. Yeah. So India was one of those continents yeah. and it had a strong hold on India for a really long time. Yeah. And it had time um, being in the Asia continent to fashion laws that worked for the British government as well as the, the Indian government. Yeah. And culturally, you'll find that Africa and Asia have a lot in common. Yeah. So a lot of laws that were uh, promulgated in India yeah. would apply, you know, as they are in, yeah. in Tanganyika yeah. and in a lot of different parts of Africa. Mm. So what the British colonial rule did was in every stronghold it had, yeah. it just took laws that were already made Mm. And applied them. Mm. So just like that, because circumstances were similar. Yeah. So that's how we have a lot of Indian laws that mm. are Kisharia Transama in Parimateria, which means they're the same, 
mm-hmm. with so our laws unaweza kukuta sheria yetu ukiangalia sheria ya, ya India zinafanana yeah. labda zinabadilishwa vitu vichache chache na hiyo inakuwa ni kazi ya bunge sasa kubadilisha hivyo vitu mm-hmm. that's how it happened so when a lot of the african countries were were getting independence yeah. a lot of them retained this british rules and yeah. laws and tanzania did most of the same yeah and so mwalimu spearheaded that made sure that we got independence but we also got the independence to make our own laws yeah and i'm not saying mwalimu did that specifically but when you think about like the philosophy of what he was trying to do yeah it brought on to that it's from that logic yeah. that we are able to now make make our laws yeah ambazo bado largely zinafanana na zile za za, za india mm. in in most part mm. lakini in some way or form zinakuwa fashioned in a way that applies kwa jile wa tanzania mm. yeah um kwenye i think it was july 21st or 20th 1920 or something like that Mm-hmm. when um we had the first which is technically the first constitution Tanganyika order in council was it yeah the TOC mm-hmm. which essentially it's said to be the first constitution because ili apply sheria za uingereza lakini ikaeka vifungwa ambavyo vikasema na sheria vya Tanganyika pia vitumike kwa hiyo this native laws namna ya ku solve disputes itumie native laws sijui as long as hazikinzani na sheria za Uingereza so that was like life changing and when we got our independence we kind of did the same thing with our laws kwa a lot of those laws that were already being applied sijui za kimila na nini tuko tunaangalia zinakinzana na sheria kuu ndio tunazitoa hazikinzani tunazitumia zinatija tunaziweka zinakuwa sheria yeah. and all of that kwa hiyo i'm forgetting a lot of things it's been a while kwa hiyo yeah. um but yeah that's the logic sheria nyingi zinatoka via yeah that's the crash course basically mm. so yeah that's that's how it came to be you are a writer as well i am how did that come about i've always been a writer mm-hmm. i started writing when i think i was 12 years old Mm. Yeah, nilikuwa napenda kusoma Mills and Boone. Okay. Nisijue zile novels za romance zinaitwa Mills and Boone. I think those are like famous among ladies. <laughs> I never really I never Fair really enough. read like Fair enough. Romantic so, novels. So I would read a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And so nilikuwa napenda sana stories zake. Yeah. Sikuwa exposed na vitabu. Mm-hmm. My mom had lots of books. Like I said, my mom and dad were both teachers. Yeah. So growing up, we had lots of books, but they were technical books. Yeah. So utakuta nutrition, sijui geography, sijui nini. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Lakini shule kulikuwa kuna novel. Yeah. Kwa muda wa kusoma, would have like reading time. Mm-hmm. I'd pick a novel and I'd read. So I got exposed to Mills and Boone when I was young. Mm-hmm. And then it was romance and it was, you know, think of all the chick lit cliche you can think of and yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I started writing it. Mm-hmm. Kwa version yangu mwenyewe kitoto. Okay. And um my mom was she really encouraged it. Mm-hmm. And so we had like a computer at home and I would type it out and she would edit and she would ask me questions kwa nini huyu anafanya hivi. So she encouraged that. Mm. And nilipokuwa high school nikaandika na toa my English teacher was like this is amazing you could actually do something with this. Yeah. I was like oh great nikaanza club 
and we would exchange novels and stories that we wrote mm-hmm. so we would exchange reading books mimi nasoma kitabu nampa rafiki yangu akimaliza ananipa ne yake and then i write a story i give them they write a story they give me and we kind of just did that so i was very lucky that around me nilikuwa ninakuwa exposed kwenye mazingira hayo yeah. so nika ile mapenzi ya kuandika nikaandika mm-hmm. lakini writing was my first love i remember telling my mom going like um I want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's a, she's a mom, she's a Tanzanian, so imagine what's the Tanzanian response to that? <laughs> I mean like uh it's mostly like nenda nani like nenda shule kwanza yes. and then come exactly back. Exactly that. So she was like baby, that's amazing. Awesome. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Should be a writer, mm-hmm. but nenda shule. Mhm. So I went to school. Mhm. And then nikamaliza shule, she's like so what do you want to do? I want to write, mom. She's like, "Brilliant. What do you want to write about?" Uh-huh. I'm passionate about law. Nenda kasome sheria, uandike vitabu vya sheria. I'm like, "Great. Nimemaliza sheria, what do you want to do?" I don't want to do law. So what do you want to do? I want to write, mom. She's like, "Umekuwa mtu mzima, do whatever you want to do with your life." Yeah. But that's how that's how she basically raised me um mm. to she never told me usiandike. Yes. But she also didn't always encourage like being in the clouds. Yes. Sometimes I regret not studying literature na vitu kama hivyo because mm-hmm. I was like ningependa nijue jinsi ya kuandika like technical aspect of it all. Yeah. But you know, she always told me like be practical. Mm-hmm. This is not a field you 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 need to be able to feed yourself. Yes. You know, ukiwa ukiwa mkubwa. Yeah. Kwa hiyo tafuta kazi ambayo itakulisha alafu mm-hmm. uko kuandika inakuwa ni bonus. Yes. Then you can make your money with your writing or not make your money lakini una kitu ambacho you have food on the table. Nilikuwa mdogo I didn't understand that. I was like you don't want me to live my dreams. Uh-huh. But to be honest, she did support a lot of what I was doing. She yeah. was the first person who would read my stories. She was the first person I wanted mm. um to read my stories. Yeah. So English broken nani nani and I correct and I learned a lot from that. Yeah. Kwa hiyo yeah that fire ikabaki. Did you ever publish any of these stories? I did unfortunately. <laughs> really? Do you have the copies? No. <laughs> I published online. Um oh. like this side Wattpad, you know Wattpad? It's a long time. Yeah. Mm. So I used to read a lot of stories on Wattpad and I was like I want to write, I want to write. So I would write my stories and put them on Wattpad. Yeah. After a while I stopped. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know, you grow up and your insecurities come rushing in and all of that. And then nilikuwa pia naandika um na print alafu nawapa shule. Yes. haikuwa story stories kama kitabu mm. lakini nilikuwa ni those a time in my life where I was super confident with my writing yeah. to the point nilikuwa nagawa watu wasome for some reason yes. <laughs> I wish I could be that confident again but I haven't done that in a while mm. so yeah I used to write and share it but now I write privately and I share with like few people yeah. online mm. and that's that's how I do it basically we met on a, a book club Yeah. And we were talking about a book. Mm. And every time I go to that session that we had, mm. I remember the way that you were very articulate of what you wanted to talk about, mm. especially when we were talking about the poems yeah. in the book that we were discussing. Mm. That made me like, okay, I really like get to hear mm. people who have that kind of idealism in mm. them mm. and they can speak so openly mm. about the things that they like the things that they don't like about a certain body of work. Mm. So 
that was like something that really like made me very, very interested. And uh, I always like go back to that encounter and I'm like, okay, this was a very nice encounter. So going back to it, now you say like you're, you're working in a very nice place. Mm. Um, I would say it's a legacy print house mm. in TZ. Mm-hmm. So what has been your experience? Because you're a writer, when you come out of the office, you mm. go through one of the oldest bookshops. Mm-hmm. So there are all these shelves with books and all that. Mm. And you go out. And then when you come back, you go it's through right the there. books. And then you go <laughs> to the office. Yeah. What does that translate to you now mm. as a writer? Mm. Does it make you want to write more? Or does it like make you think, all right, now I have so much work to do <laughs> to land my book <laughs> in one of these shelves <laughs> because I'm working here mm. and I know how difficult it is mm. to get your book on the issue. Yeah. I mean, thank you for all that. Jinsi um, Akurudi Nyubani was a beautiful review when yeah. we were doing that book. Yeah. Esther wrote a, an amazing book. Mm. And that was my first book club ever. Yeah. So when I sat down there, I wasn't sure what to expect. Koyo, mm. when I was listening to you guys talk about it and Nikana Nasoma, Bahadia, Yale Mashairi, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I met my people. You yeah. know, The geek in me is screaming right now. So for me, it felt like I'm in my element and I loved it. So you guys are doing a great job with that. Yeah. The publishing house, TPH, I remember the first time I walked into it. Yeah. It wasn't, because yeah. I personally, I've heard of Mkukina Nyota because basically, that's how I knew of them. Yeah. But I didn't know of them as the way I do now. Yes. And I, I'd never heard of TPH. Kwayo, the first time I'm walking into the bookshop, being a book lover, being a writer, I went crazy. Yes. I was like, I don't know where to look. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know where to look. Literally, that's my experience every day. Mpakaleo. Yeah. I always walk in and I'm, kama mteja unajua. And I work there. Yeah. So, like, literally anyone will tell you mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my experience every bloody time. Yeah. Because I love books and I'm surrounded by beautiful books. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So I'm always curious. All of that. Mm. So my first experience with that was awe. I was in awe every, every time. And yeah. I was always, like, it always felt like, oh my God, yes. Oh my God, yes. This is the dream. Yeah. TPH and I'm cooking a nyota, sister companies. So TPH is the bookshop. Kinanyota is the publishing house. Yeah. So I work at Mkukina Nyota. Mm-hmm. So I work, literally work with publishers where books are made. So you can imagine. Yes. Being a writer. Uko jikoni. Uko jikoni. Yeah. It's honestly been a learning curve. Yeah. Completely. Mm-hmm. The way I came exposed to Mkukinanyota was because I wanted to publish my book. Okay. So, sikuja Mkukinanyota kwa jile ya kazi, mm-hmm. lakini nikawa exposed to it kwa jile ya kazi. And being in that aspect, nimekuja sio kama muandishi sasa, nimekuja mwafanya kazi, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of things that nisinge f- kuwa naona nikiwa muandishi. And I'm learning a lot of things about writing and publishing, ambavyo yeah. nisinge kuwa na vijua, mm-hmm. just as just getting inside kama tu muandishi. Mm-hmm. So I've had a very newfound appreciation for books yes. in a way that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. In a, an appreciation for writing in a way I didn't have before. Yeah. The whole process of seeing the way 
kitabu kinakuja kuwa i mean it's love at first sight over and over again for me yeah. i literally used up we got a new book and then this was my experience like i was with my boss and cookie and he was like he was just watching me and literally this is my experience every time i see a new book yeah giddy like a child cutting up the box and opening it opening the book this is a book that i've seen go through the entire process yes editing the back and forth na mwandishi sijui printers nini cover design Everything. i've seen this baby come to life yeah and then i'm holding it in my hand for the first time yeah and i get to open it and i smell the page literally that's what i do mm. every time and so it's honestly beautiful mm-hmm. and for me it feels oh god yes this is what i was supposed to be doing yeah it doesn't make me run a right less yes it makes me appreciate even more mm-hmm. the art of writing yeah. and the creative aspect of writing and everything mm-hmm. in between kwa hiyo it just makes me even that more passionate with what i know i was created to do with yeah. my life yeah which is to write yeah. honestly mm-hmm. kwa hiyo Would I now sit down every night write my book? No. I'm honestly always too tired. Yeah. Too tired. Um but it doesn't make me appreciate any less the passion that I have for writing and the passion that I have for seeing how these books are made. Yeah. And then seeing an author hold the books for the first time, hearing that excitement, knowing that someday that could be me as well. Yeah. And also knowing that I had a hand in that in somewhere or another. I mean, it just it feels one of those this is purpose kind of things, yes. like greater than life kind of things. And so it's been it's honestly been amazing. Nimeanza January mpaka leo, so it's it's been I won't say the hardest because I've had some terrible hard days, yeah. but it's been the most humbling. Yes. The most amazing mm-hmm. and the most challenging experience I've had in my life. Yes. And I love it. Mm. And I'm just like oh, what is next? You know what comes next? Yeah. You know? So literally this gives you life. This gives me life. Yeah. God gives me life. But yes, this just makes it just makes me so happy. Yeah. And some days are hard, don't get me wrong, it's not all roses, roses and all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but some days are really really hard. And some days are really really beautiful and great. Yeah. And you you sit and you're like, "Wow. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. This 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 is where I am right now." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's honestly amazing. Do you ever shop out of stress? for books yes 100% i do that a lot really so what happens when you are a book writer yes. right and you have to shop you know which book is which one that you're getting so whenever i go to buy a book at the bookshop yeah. um uh so we have different people who usually stay at the bookshop so gracie for instance yeah always goes yes you're a great customer because yeah. <laughs> she's like she knows a lot of times ntaondoka na kitabu like mm-hmm. i'll buy even if sijaje na mipango ya kununua yeah so for me my experience has always been nataka nini sasa hivi my biggest thing has been buying books for my niece mm-hmm. so i'm i'm training her Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm training her. Gotta start them young. Mm-hmm. So I usually go and be like, can I get some children books? And then they show me what books I want. Yeah. And then, so I pick the book that I think works best. Mm-hmm. And then I buy that. Ironically, 
those are the books she never wants to read. <laughs> <laughs> kids right yeah. um but always when i go pick sasa vitabu vya watoto i'm exposing myself to things that i want to read mm-hmm. so i'm like okay naomba hiki na hiki hapa go when i tell you the amount of books i plan to read that keeps styling up like just piling up mm-hmm. it's insane at this point i won't finish everything i want to read by the time at least least by the time I'm 50. Lakini it just keeps I I can't help it. I just keep buying books and then shelving them and going like I'll read this sometime, sometime. Mm-hmm. And I plan to read it and I'll read it. Lakini it's a crazy I'll tell you this. There needs to be a support group for mm-hmm. book lovers uh-huh. because honestly yeah like like shelves. a bookaholic because honestly at this point it's just it's an it's insane it's breaking like it's tearing a hole in my wallet kwa mm. sababu i'm getting crazy now i'm like i want to get this sijapanga kutumia hela but i'm going to get this book i'm going to buy it afu sikisomi kinakaa kwenye shelf at some point i'll be like oh let me check out this chapter and then i'll read and then kinarudi kwenye shelf for a long time and then nitarudi tena and it's, it's, it's insane and crazy how actually that's the experience of a lot of book lovers so how many books are you currently reading too many man it's sad <laughs> too many i'm reading so i i keep reading over like na so much dogo na acha na so much dogo acha na gombezo kila siku mzebgoe is like that's just not okay that, like that's just <laughs> if you want to read multiple do like four books maximum sijasikia mimi lo somo so i'm reading um i'm reading catcher in the rye i'm reading robin sharma's leadership wisdom yeah i'm reading uh there's this book i forget the author but it's called um you're not crazy you're codependent yeah i think that's the name mm. i'm reading atlas of the heart wow. by brene brown i'm reading um 38 reflections of mwalimu yes 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 yeah i'm reading um I feel like i'm forgetting a book There's oh I haven't read this one in in a while but it's also on my to be read because I need to finish it this year. Um it's from my favorite collection. It's called The Queen. Is it The Queen? Am I reading The Queen? I think it's called The Queen by Tiffany Rayers. Yeah. Yeah. Off the top of my head those are the things that I'm actively reading. Kona soma kidogo, hapa naacha, nasoma hiki, naacha, like I go like that, na alternate over and over. Can you really now say like recommendable? All the time. I will always it depends. Nani nam recommend ya? Okay, let's say I want you to recommend for whoever is listening. Like this is a must read. Mm. I mean obviously I'm going to say that it reflects so many and any book by Mkokina Nyota publishers. Yeah. <laughs> um a must read. Uh god, read everything. No, just like we have to just pick one. I, I that's stressful. I can't. Try. I really can't. Just pick one book. Mm. I mean dude, I can't. I can't. Okay, we we like let let's make it very practical. Uh-huh. We are going on a journey. Uh-huh. No, you have to pick like one book to go with it. Nothing else. Okay. Yes. One book to go with it. Mhm. Oh man, I still can't. So you you won't be carrying a book. I will carry all books. But you we are not you're just allowed to carry one book. Me me personally. Yes. Where were I Oh, like okay. one book to rule them all. One book I would carry. God. I didn't know how hard that question is going to be. Mhm. Untamed. Untamed. Mm. By who? 
Glennon Doyle. So Untamed is a, it's about women breaking free of societal expectations. Yes. So Untamed is a rallying cry to basically screw it up. Mm-hmm. You know, destroy every expectation society says you must have on you and be free. Yeah. Liberate yourself. Yeah. It is such an amazing, like I read that book and I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I recommend Untamed because it's through that that I got to learn about Glennon Doyle yeah. and her podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, yeah. which has now become the thing that I listen to on commute. I wake up and want to listen to. Yeah. It's just one of those podcasts that you listen and then you're like, oh my God. I, I wish I, I should find this earlier mm. than when I found it. Yeah, exactly. You're like, yes, I didn't know I needed this, but I'm so glad it's yeah. in my life. Mm. Because those are conversations with, with people, yeah. conversations about things I hold very dear to my heart, mm. That th- conversations that I don't have in my life. Yeah. Like people around me are not talking about these things mm. or they don't know yet to talk about these things. Mm. Yes, I've been thinking about this. Finally, someone is vocalizing it. Yeah. I would learn about that if I had read Untamed. Mm-hmm. Untamed, I would say, is the book I would carry on a journey. Like if I'm going out and I'm untamed, it will just take me back to we can do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would recommend a bunch of things, a bunch of books for a bunch of people because I'm like, I need people to know about this. Yes. So like Man Enough. Um, yeah. Like Man Enough. Have you heard of the book? Yes, yes, yes. By... Justin Baldoni. Yes, yes. So that's another beautiful book. Mm. I mean, God, it's just, it's amazing. People need to read that more. Men and women. Yeah. You know, um, For the Love of Men. Is also another beautiful book mm-hmm. by Liz Plank. Um, and then I'm trying to think of books by Tanzanian authors. Arusia Dogoli. Sdiaki Soma, man, which is terrible. And um, it is actually out of stock. Yes. And it's it's one of my boss's favorite books. Yes. He loves it. I remember when, it. when Cookie mentioned it. Yeah. I went to the shop, yeah. I think maybe the next two, three days. Mm-hmm. I asked about it and I was told it's out of print. Yeah. When is it coming back? I was like, maybe after six months. Yeah. It's like, a very popular book. I was like, I was always going through that um, corridor that has yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just pass it. Oh, no. But now I'm like, <laughs> it's <laughs> not there. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> if I had known it had that particular story that Mkuki mentioned. Yeah. I would definitely take it right there and then. I have a very complicated relationship with Swahili books. Mm. But working at Mkuki Nanyota is, is kind of like exposing me to that. Yeah. My boss has, has a mission to change me into reading Swahili, Swahili books, books. Which, you know, I really love to. Kwa sababu sijakuwa nikisoma vitabu vya Kiswahili. Yeah, when he recommends these books, for me, it's like, yeah, that's, you know, I love that. Yeah. And I do buy. Ali, Ali recommend Vutan Kuvute. I'd yes. never read Vutan Kuvute. Mm-hmm. Koyo was like, let me go get it. Yeah. And then I watched the film. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to read it. Mm-hmm. Well, I have that. Yeah. And eventually once I get through my to-do, to-be-read books, yeah. I'll get to I'll that as well. To that. Yeah. And then he also was also like recommending, this was Nivoanza Sasakaz. Yeah. I was like, you need to read this book, Mungu Akopeshu. It's just amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And 
And I was like, okay, sijajua nitasoma lini lakini I'll buy it. Nikakinunua mm-hmm. and we're having like an internal book club mm-hmm. at the office and we're going through like books that we're going to be reading and so we were having this conversation about feminism and stuff and then Mungu akopeshi came up yeah. and so kunyele conversation kwa kuna watu kama wawili watatu ambao walikuwa wamesoma kile kitabu and yeah. then there are those of us ambao tulikuwa tujasoma yeah. and so one of them was Mkuki and he was like read that book you guys need to like i feel like if more women read that book yeah. there will be like you know like there will be a lot of women talking about it yeah. and so i was like interesting so i get a lot of recommendations from him yeah. about about sahili books and i wish he's the one that was answering that question because he would have done a great job promoting some of our books i'm terrible at this <laughs> he would have promoted a lot of our, our of our books because he's read more of like he's had more catalog on that and has read more of that mm. and i'm trying i'm still trying to catch up because i've not so much at reflections so i would definitely recommend that one mm. because you see that book has it's about nyerere but it's also about the people in that book so it's yes. about the lives of the people in that book yeah and one like these stories are amazing mm. you hear you read about this these things and you're like oh my god this is because some of these people are actually ni watu wakubwa lakini ni watu ordinary yeah. you don't really study about them kwenye historia darasani na nini yes cuz when you come to get the nitty gritty details of their lives and 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 stuff like that oh kuongea mwalimu for the first time i was shocked i was when you learn that others oh, there's, there's all of this human things about these people it's kind of beautiful so mm. right now I definitely recommend 30 reflections yeah because nakisoma hicho kwa hiyo um I'm like this is a book that I know a lot of people would would relate yeah, to. It. But yeah, also cuz you know work might kill me if I don't say this. <laughs> read any other book by Cooking and Yota. We have amazing books. Mm. So yeah. You are a Taylor Swift stan. Yes. And if I had done this conversation with you any other day, we'll be talking about 1989. Yeah, probably. But funny enough, we are going to be talking about Evermore. Yeah, I walked in because, and you and you were listening to to Because I think Evermore. Evermore is just beautifully rich. Yeah. And it is just a nice body of work. It is. Like there's all this maturity even though like Taylor Swift is like relationship breakup. Oh, come on. She's so much more than that. Yes, but this Evermore thing? <laughs> like I'm just going to re- like really need to replay it again and again. Oh yeah. Because it's just that beautiful. It is. So, a crash course into Taylor Swift. Oh, you, my entire life for someone to ask me this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, crash course into Taylor Swift. Yeah. Where do I even start? How many albums does she have? She has nine and she's about to have 10 albums. Yes. Come October. Yeah. But she owns I think four of six god i'm failing this right now yeah. so she owns lover yeah she owns red red taylor version yeah she owns evermore yeah. she owns folklore yeah she owns uh fearless taylor's yeah. version mm-hmm. and yeah she okay so she owns five if yeah. i'm not mistaken she owns five albums mm-hmm. but in total her body of work is a total of nine albums yeah Yeah, and then that whole Scooter Brown business happened, so yeah. she, she didn't get to own her music, so now she owns Sasaivi ambaza nizaki kabisa ni hizo tano. What made you a Taylor Swift stan? Like that first experience like 
what piece of music? So what introduced me to Taylor was country. Mm -hmm. um, I love country music. Mm -hmm. That my first exposure to music was country. Yeah. A lot of her songs from her debut album Taylor Swift were country. Her yeah. sound kupitia first album and second album ilikuwa uh, very rich in country um genres. Yeah. So nivosikia nyimbo zake and it was country and she was talking about this real beautiful complicated life experiences that I could relate to. Yeah. I was like, yes. Like I would shout out her lyrics off the top of my of my voice. Yeah. And then for a while sikuwa namsikiliza. Kwa sababu I was exposing myself to more music and then nikaanza kumsikiza tena Red. Yeah. When her voice started being more pop. Yeah. So and then nikarudi tena nyuma. And so I've always that had that relationship with with Taylor Swift until ilikuwa ni album ipi Reputation. Yeah. That's when I went and just binged listen to all her music and then nikaanza kumfuatilia like crazy. Yeah. Because that's when I think that's when my trajectory just changed because there was a lot of scandal mm -hmm. that was happening around her. And I was like, but I love this this artist. Why was this, you know, why why are people like bashing at her? And then mm -hmm. I started like getting to know her music and getting to know her. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, this is so unfair. And yeah. and then I became a diehard fan. Koyo, yani mimi I could talk Taylor Swift usikukucha. Si choki. Man, she does Easter eggs. Don't even get me started on Easter eggs. So Ugh. on the on October 21st mm -hmm. when she is going to be releasing Midnight's 10th. It's 10th. It's 21st. 21st. Oh, 21st. I think it's 21st. Okay. 21st. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Midnight's. Mm -hmm. That like I've just seen the names of the tracks. Mm -hmm. Track 1, track 2. Mhm. Mm Something like that. Yeah. But I have also another favorite artist of mine mm -hmm. releasing the same day. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to listen to them back to back. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are my days to just listen to music. Yeah. Like from the morning towards to, you know, whatever the music ends. Yeah. That's when I put, it, I put a stop at it. Mm -hmm. But the beauty that I've seen in Taylor's music, mm -hmm. right? Even though she has like, we own awards, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm is the richness of the sound. Mm. The ability to change that country into pop mm -hmm. and continue going through that, mm -hmm. having fans and all that, mm -hmm. is just a beauty to get to see. Mm. And the amazing thing, I think, is how she can turn these moments that happens into her life mm -hmm. into musical moments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they become very successful albums. Yeah. You know, a breakup happens. Mm -hmm. You take that. Mm -hmm. You put it into music. Mm -hmm. And then... You bounce. Yeah. So in one way, it feels like she's living this very day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not spared mm -hmm. of any of the dramas that normal people get to go through. Yeah. But she channels that into the music yeah. and creates something beautiful out of that. Mm -hmm. That to me is like magical because I always think that music is very spiritual as well. It is, yeah. And it takes you to places that you're like, really? this place, mm. you know, and it's like, maybe, or maybe not. Mm -hmm. yeah. Another person that I think I was trying to see the similarities mm -hmm. is Ariana Grande. Mm. So tell me about Ariana Grande. Do you, are you also uh, a fan of her music? I got exposed to Ariana Kosabia acting, yeah. not her music. Mm -hmm. So through like Nickelodeon and, and, you know, Victorious and, and Sam and Cat. Yeah. And then I learned that she sang. Mm -hmm. She was a singer. Mm -hmm. And so her music. I love Ariana. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. Personally, I love her 
So all her songs, I listen to them, mm-hmm. acoustic versions. Mm-hmm. That's personally for me, that feels like I love that more. Yeah. I love how as a person, she, she has this beautiful moments with her fans. Mm-hmm. They just, I'm like, I don't know enough about you, mm-hmm. but this makes me want to know you. Yeah. You know, you ha- you're such like, she has this amazing radiant light with her fans yeah. and, and relationship with her fans. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. And then I listen to her music in my head she's still Sam and Cat. you know she's still like Cat from like Victorious yeah. so every time I hear her music and, and how she's singing about this beautifully complicated mature themes yeah. heartbreak loss grief and then I'm like every time I'm surprised I'm like Come there's on, so kid. much yeah there's so much like in my head I'm like you're a kid yeah. but she's actually no she's she's like she's a fully and and so I don't know enough about Ariana mm-hmm. to like I'm not as obsessed with her as I am with about Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift, but I love her music and I listen to all her songs in acoustic versions, versions. and I love it. I love Nakumbuka. The thing that turned me into an Ariana fan was the song Ghost, Ghosting. Yeah, and I listened to that and I cried. And then Nikanza Kuitafuta like. Because I want to know what what inspired this. Where was this coming from? And yeah. and people are like, oh, she's writing about Mac Mac Miller. Mac Miller. Yeah. Mac Miller. Mm. She's writing about Mac Miller and their relationship. And I love that. You know. And I'm like, I don't know if this is what this is about. It probably is. Mm. But I was like, this is so beautiful. She turned grief into something beautiful, and yeah. you feel it. Yeah. So some of these like popular songs, Nini Zikaja and. I would bop to it. Mimi si mpenzi wa kucheza sana. Ndio maana napenda kusikiliza acoustic versions. Kwa hiyo, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm, I'm a definite fan. I'm going to go this will be like my last word. Okay. And this is Billie Eilish. Mhm. Oh, Billie. Oh. I love Billie. And it's because her writing. Uh-huh. And this was triggered by when you said um you used to write like very dark things. Mhm. And you said like I'm just going to put them these aside. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't really turn them into songs. Mm. But Billie Eilish mm-hmm. and the things that she sing about, the presentation of them mm-hmm. and the type of reception that those things get. And the videos. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. It really is. Like, I still don't understand it, honestly. Mm-hmm. If there is a formula, formula to Billie Eilish, someone has to share it. Like, I like, so one of my favorite colors is gray. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I don't think things are black and white. Yeah. And a lot of people are very black and white. Mm-hmm. Billie Eilish just doesn't go with that. Yeah. You can't fit her in any box because she is rocking to her own rhythm, yeah. to her own music in mm-hmm. her own world. Mm-hmm. And because she's being so authentically her, yeah. doing the thing that she loves and she's producing that for everyone to see. Yeah. She's like, I don't care if you don't understand me. Yeah. I'm not looking for you to understand me. Yeah. I'm doing this thing that I love. Yeah. And a lot of people can relate to that because a lot of us are like, we're in a culture that's screaming for attention. Yeah. And Billy's like, I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. You like it. You don't like it. I'm good. Yeah. 
and people like it. And we were like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. So I have heard a lot of people going like, mm, Buna, you overrated, Zana. Yeah. Then I'm like, Welewi. <laughs> Welewi. Yani huwezi, yani huwezi kufika ile. Yani hujamuelewa bado. Yes. And it's not for everyone. Yeah. But I sometimes sit down and like, nilikuwa naangalia video yake everything I, I wanted and, yeah. and when it came out I sat down like piece by piece in Wakona left frame yeah zile video in our move yeah. and her and Phineas sitting together and I'm and I'm like what were you thinking? Yeah. Well like I sit and the video finishes and the music finishes and I'm like I feel like I've just been transported yeah. into something. And I don't understand it, but I love it. And I replay it again. <laughs> and that's my experience with Billy every time. Yeah. yeah. I think I really like, if it's like any of the, these new artists, mm. Billy Irish has been that artist for me. Mm. And it's her collaboration with her brother. Mm. The way they write songs. Mm-hmm. That is like, to me, one of the most like craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And the fact that it is the family running the circles. Mm-hmm her father, mom. So it's like a family affair. Mm. And how she was able to sing about some of the very dark things, mm. the audience that was gravitating towards her, mm. that to me was like, holy, holy. <laughs> what exactly is this? Mm. Mariam, thank you very much for this long conversation that I've had with you. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. I think I'm just cutting this here because it looks like the time is really, really going very fast. I think we could talk for forever. Yes, definitely. <laughs> But thank you very much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. I love it. Thank I you love, so much love, for having me. I love, love that uh, we have had this particular conversation. And I'm going to say it to everyone really to just uh, follow you. Oh, that's and nice. And see those nice graphics that you make. Oh, for the podcast. That is so nice of you to thank and you. For yourself. <laughs> so please if you can share those those locations that people can go and see because I think the way you promote your podcast, this is the third thing. Mm-hmm. The way you promote your podcast is what I aspire to be able to promote my podcast as. Oh, thank you so much for that, man. Yeah. So that, it's it's really thank you. No, people don't understand how hard that is. Thank you so <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> It really is difficult. It's just so beautiful. Thank you so much. Yes. Um yeah, I I have the podcast account, Instagram account, and you can follow at underscore your mind the podcast. And then I have my personal account, which is at underscore she is Mary. So that's S H E I S M A R I underscore. Yeah, I, I I'm not really active anywhere else. Yeah. Kwahio I'm mostly on those on those apps. Alafu. Yeah, I mean, listen to my podcast. That would be amazing. Thank you very much, Mariam, for this. Thank you so much, Mark. And this. I hope we get to do another one. I would love that. And we just talk about Taylor Swift and stuff. Oh my god. I I could go on a tangent about her. Yeah. Her Easter eggs. That could be a whole episode. <laughs> I think we should arrange for that. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you for much. having me, Mark. Thank you very much, Mariam. Thank you.